The Bearcats got the win over Tulsa, and man, I cannot wait to never have to go back there again. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. It's free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel. Follow us too to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, as you see on the screen. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Lockdown College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions do apply. Alex Frank with you, your host each and every day. So the Bearcats got the win by 10 uh, Saturday night over Tulsa. That's great. Here's what's not great. That was a horrible game to watch. It was one of the most sleepwalking, one of the most boring games I've ever watched. And it goes back to the point of just finally next year playing meaningful games in the Big 12 on Fox or ESPN or ESPN2, not ESPNU at 7 o'clock, where the announcers are good. I thought they were good last night, or Saturday night rather. But you're playing in a half-empty stadium. Actually, it was about 70% full. In a game, and you're playing in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And the Bearcats have been affiliated with Tulsa for the last 20 years. Like Tulsa is an absolute thorn in the Bearcats' side. They're 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 like that. Um, they're like what what what's the term I'm looking for? They're 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 like a um, they just don't go away. You can't ever put them away. And last night the Bearcats faced Tulsa for the fourth time under Luke Fickle, and they won by 10. They've won four games by 11, 3, 8, and 10. So all close games. But I'm watching the game last night and or Saturday. There were way too many commercials, way too long of breaks in between plays. And you add in the averageness that is of the AAC. If averageness is a word, well, I guess I knew that. And you get a really, really hard game to watch. There's suspense created in other games like the Big 12 or the Pac-12 or the Big 10 or the SEC Power 5 conferences in between plays, but not in this game. It's boring. You have all these penalties, and the officials have to spend three minutes talking about it, um, like 45 seconds in between plays. you got to sort things out. Did you know the receiver get a foot in bounds? Did they have control of the ball? Whatever. It, it just makes for an unwatchable product. You know, even the American Championship game in years past has been a slog. Even like high-profile games like Cincinnati and UCF felt like a slog at times. All these games take forever to finish. I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's something within the conference. I don't know if it's something within the programs. I do not know what it is. But thank goodness this is the last year that we have to do this. And as far as the game itself, look, Cincinnati got Tulsa's best shot. I mean, Tulsa was very strong in the passing game outside of one big touchdown to Tyler Scott. Um, 
They forced Ben Bryant into a bad interception in the fourth quarter that nearly, you know, swung the game in Tulsa's favor. This is a very, very, um, this year is going to be Cincinnati going to get every team's best shot. That game was incredibly chippy from the start. There were so many after the play scrums. There was one at the end of the game. Shout out to ESPNU for cutting away to UC Davis and Montana because apparently we got to get to Montana. Because we couldn't see a fight at the end of the game. Because apparently it's so important we find out what's going on in Bozeman, Montana. Anybody know where that is? That's what I thought. So there was that. There was the the physicality of the game. You had Davis Brin, Tulsa's quarterback, gutting out a tough ankle injury. The Bearcats sacked him nine times. So this game, if this is any indication of what conference play is going to look like, outside of when you maybe face USF, Navy, and Temple, you're going to be in for a lot of tough games especially when you go on the road. As I said earlier this week, as Tony Pike said earlier this week, when you go on the road now this year in the conference, you are getting every team's best shot. You're getting every team's best shot. And right now, the Bearcats got Tulsa's best shot. They clearly did. So, again, my main takeaway from last night was just how boring the game was to watch. The crowd wasn't really into it. They were only into it when the game was close. And let's be honest, the game wasn't really close beyond the first quarter. Um, And you get the long breaks in between plays. You get the lengthy reviews. You get just, you know, a, a boring product. That is the American Athletic Conference. And this is Cincinnati, who is likely going to be in the top 25 this week. Because you look at all the teams that are just inside the top 25 that lost this week the Bearcats will probably get their dance in the top 25 again. They shouldn't be playing in these games. They shouldn't be playing at 7 o'clock on ESPNU. I mean, first off, 7 o'clock kickoffs are my least favorite time, unless it's a marquee high-profile game. They should be playing at 3.30 or noon, not 7 o'clock on ESPNU. You can put it 7 o'clock on ESPNU, no one cares about that game. No one does. And if Cincinnati was, was not very good, this game probably would have been relegated to ESPN+. Plus. So thank goodness we aren't going to have to deal with many more of these. Tulsa's a good team, a good program that's come a long way, and I do have a lot of respect for them. I do have a lot of respect for Philip Montgomery and what he's done, the head coach of Tulsa, what he's done with the program. He's made it very competitive. I mean, they, the Golden Hurricane almost took down the Bearcats in the AAC championship game less than two years ago. But thank goodness we don't have to go through these kinds of games again. When the Bearcats go to, you know, a a 25% full Lincoln financial field in Philadelphia, thank goodness that'll be the last time they have to do that. Or when they host, I mean, Navy or Tulane or, you know, any other team they host, USF. My God, the game's going to be a blowout next week. More on that later on this week. So that's my biggest takeaway is, yes, the Bearcats won by 10. We're going to talk about what I liked from the game last night. And there are some, a lot of things I did. But my main takeaway was, the product of watching an American conference game on television. It was 9.30, and we're barely barely into the third quarter of the game. We're barely into the third quarter of the game that started at 7 o'clock, and it's a 9.30 kickoff. And the Bearcats, let's be honest, I'm, and am I, am I contradicting myself? Yes. But Cincinnati, there were a lot of things I liked. There are also a lot of things I didn't. Ben Bryant didn't have a great game. Um... I didn't think they used the tight ends very much. The running game was solid. The defense was incredible, but it just felt like an off night for Cincinnati. It felt like a, it felt like a little bit of the second half last week against Indiana kind of reverberated and translated to this game. So, again, 
a good win for Cincinnati, but just the product of watching this game was so boring, sleepwalk-induced. It was just not a good product, not a good game at all for Cincinnati. Um, as a fan, as a fan of college football, to watch, to have to sit through and watch that game, thank goodness next year we won't have to do this. Next year, if we play at 7 o'clock, at least we'll be playing at like TCU or Texas Tech or Iowa State or now all of a sudden Kansas. At least there's that to look forward to. All right, coming up, I'm going to pose this question as we go to break. Is this defense better than last year's? And the stats suggest that, yes, it very well might be. We'll get into it after a word from LinkedIn, as you see on your screen. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. Because LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. What you can do is you can add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, so the Bearcats defense this year, I really do think is better than last year's. And the stats back that up. First off, last night, here are some numbers for you. Or Saturday night, excuse me. 11 sacks. 15 and a half tackles for loss. So that means 15 plays went for negative yards. Last night, or Saturday night rather, excuse me, Tulsa ran, let's see how many plays they ran. Tulsa ran, um, where's the number of plays? 83 plays. And 15 of them went for negative yards. So that's over 10% of their plays go for negative yards. I'm sorry, 26. See, this is why I'm not a math student. Um, So of 83 plays, 26 went for negative yards. And I'm going to use my calculator here. They they told me not to use my calculator in score. I really don't know why. Um, So that means 31.3% of their plays. We'll round down to 31. 31% of their plays went for negative yards. That's pretty dang impressive by the Bearcats defense. Now, here's why the Bearcats defense is better this year than last year. So the Bearcats have 23 sacks so far this season. Last year's team had 39 through 14 games. For as good as Cincinnati's defense was last year, they did not get after the quarterback very often. And I think that was one of the most frustrating things about last year's defense. Yes, Sauce Gardner was a shutdown corner. Yes, Kobe Bryant was the best cornerback in the country by winning the Jim Thorpe Award, if you want to look at it that way. Yes, they were very good. Yes, the Bearcats were very good at holding opponents to very low scoring totals. They held Notre Dame to 13 points. They held US, UCF to 21. They held SMU to 14, et cetera, et cetera. They held Alabama to 27, which even that's a win. But what they weren't good at is sacking the opposing quarterback. 39 sacks through 14 games. That's less than three per game. Right now, this team is on pace for 67.2 sacks through 12 games. I did that because the college football season is 12 games. However, you know how confident I am in the Bearcats. 
and I'm always going to hype them up. I am going to take this through 13 and 14 games. The Bearcats are on pace. If they play in the conference championship, which I think they will, they're on pace for 72.8 sacks through 13 games. And then because they play in a conference championship, they'll go to a bowl game. If you extend that out through 14 games, they're on pace for 78.4. So they're going to be potentially on pace to double their sack total from last year. That's really impressive. And it's not like they have edge rushers. The Bearcats are getting their sacks from the middle of the defense. They're getting it from Dominique Perry. They're getting it from Eric Phillips. They're getting it from Jawan Briggs. They're getting it from Jabari Taylor. They're getting it from Ivan Pace Jr. They're getting it from Wilson Huber. They're getting it from all over the middle of the field. I told you all earlier this offseason, this front seven is really, really good. And here's the thing. They're playing a 3-3-5, and they haven't yet been exposed by it. You look at what they've done against Kennesaw State, who came into the game with, what, 73 straight games rushing for 150 yards or more? That streak was snapped. You look at what they did against Miami, a team that had come in averaging over 140 rushing yards per game. They held them to less than 100. You look at what they did against Indiana. They made them run 104 plays, only to score 24 points. And then they shut down a Tulsa team that likes to run the football. Everything that we talked about leading up to this game and everything we talked about leading up to other games earlier this season, the Bearcats have done a very good job of. Last year's defense, we focused so much on Sauce Gardner. We didn't t- we didn't say, well, this defense's identity is getting after the quarterback. No, it was creating turnovers and holding opponents to low scoring averages. This year's defensive identity is we're going to completely shut you down and we're, you're going to have to work for everything. You take away that performance by Arkansas against the Bearcats defense, the defense of Cincinnati, I guarantee you, is ranked very, very high in the country. So when we talk about if is this defense better than last year's defense, and last year's defense had six draft picks, including a first rounder, it lost a lot. But it's guys like Ivan Pace Jr. coming in and just being an absolute menace. Once again, last night, a tremendous game for the junior out of Colerain High School. Ivan Pace last night, ready for these numbers? I mean, this is like another walk in the park for him. 10 10 total tackles, sack and a half, two and a half tackles for loss, one forced fumble, one pass breakup, one quarterback hit. So once again, now he's up to what, 56 tackles this season? I mean, five and a half sacks? I mean, geez. What he's doing right now for Cincinnati is unbelievable. We look at the numbers so far through five games this season for Ivan Pace Jr. 56 tackles, 13 and a half tackles for loss, six sacks. I mean, these are numbers that this is like the Will Anderson of the American Athletic Conference. Like Will Anderson's the best defensive player in the country. But Ivan Pace Jr. is quickly making a name for himself. He's making a name for himself in All-American runnings, and he's certainly making a name for himself amongst NFL scouts. The way he gets to the quarterback, and he's ha- and he's he has some confidence in himself. Like he understands that he's not the biggest linebacker, he's not the tallest linebacker, but he will get, he's relentless. He is a relentless pass rusher. He's relentless in the running game. And every time you see a big play or big tackle made, and you look to see who made the play, chances are Ivan Pace Jr. made the play. There's a lot more depth on this defense. There's a lot of ways they can come at you. They only have eight turnovers so far, but They do have back-to-back games with multiple turnovers, and three times in their last five, three games in their first five this season, they have more turnovers. 
I thought the secondary last night was great. Javon Hicks made some plays. The focus is not totally on Sauce Gardner. There are more elements to this defense that make it really good. I mean, they held Arkansas to 31. They held Kennesaw State to uh, 10. Miami to 17, who then went on to beat Northwestern the next week. They held Indiana to 24 again. And they held Tulsa to 21. So after losing six players to the NFL draft, which is a lot at several key positions, all the Bearcats have done is basically do what they did last year, and they may be better because there's more ways they can hurt you defensively. They can hurt you with the pass rush. They can hurt you with um, w- w- with the ability to take the ball away. They can, they have a strong secondary that's very versatile. Javon Hicks finally getting back into the spotlight this year. Two interceptions. Deshaun Pace with a pick six last night. Ivan Pace Jr. continuing to be the best player on the on defense, maybe the best player overall. So the defense was the story last night. Jawan Briggs, who we had high expectations for last year. We talked about him coming into this year need, needing to step up, especially now with the absence of Malik Van. And all he has done is do just that. So far, Jawan Briggs threw five games, 25 total tackles, three and a half tackles for loss and three sacks. He's basically got his stats that he had total last year. Like this defense, I'm telling you right now, it, they are putting up stats. They are putting up numbers. I mean, you look at the totals on sport reference and you see, you know, Brian, Thre- or Brian threats with an interception, uh, sack and a half, two tackles for loss. You're seeing Jabari Taylor, four tackles, two and a half sacks. You're seeing a whole bunch of stats because this defense stats, the stuff she stuffs, the stat sheet, excuse me. And they're just really good. They are really, really good defensively, okay? They're really, really good. All right, so that was the biggest takeaway from me last night outside of the horribleness of the game to watch. And, I mean, again, some of these numbers. Most sacks in the game for Cincinnati since 2009. 15 tackles for loss, 26 plays for negative yards. You know, opposing offenses have to work so hard to do what they want to do and move the ball and score points. It's ridiculous sometimes what this defense is able to do. And against Arkansas, like, that game could have been a lot worse than it was. They held Arkansas a very dynamic SEC team to just over over 400 yards, less than 500 yards of offense. So they're doing a great job, even against some of the big teams in college football. Now, Arkansas will probably drop out of the top 25, but still, they're a very good team. And you look at who you're going to face coming up. Central Florida, SMU, Houston, potentially in the championship game, Memphis maybe. I mean, this Bearcats team right now is still playing like the best team in the AAC. They got Tulsa's best shot last night, but they handled it because of their defense. Forced two turnovers, held Tulsa to 21 points, stood tall on that late goal line stand. That's what you want to see. All right, coming up, the three stars of the game, headlined by a receiver who is not only playing at a high level right now, but he's also playing with a high motor, plus a much-needed performance by one of the biggest transfers this offseason for Cincinnati. We will get into it after a word from Bet Online, as you see on your screen. BetOnline.net, your number one source for football betting info this season. You can find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. 
the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. We do this at the end of every recap show, game recap show. Three stars of the game for the Cincinnati Bearcats, a 31-21 to 21 win, improving to 4-1 on the season, 1-0 in American Athletic Conference play. By the way, we talk about you know the streaks that are being kept alive. The Bearcats have 29 straight home wins. They've got 17 straight conference wins, so a lot of streaks still alive. Let's get into the three stars for the game for the Bearcats. Number one, Tyler Scott. Three catches, 77 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, biggest play of the game, perhaps, for the Bearcats on offense, most certainly 61-yard touchdown reception by Tyler Scott to put the Bearcats up 14-7. He talked about earlier last week that, yes, he had a tremendous game with 10 catches, but he also dropped five passes. That's what he first went to. He's playing with a very, very driven motor right now. He wants to be the best receiver he can be, and he's certainly playing like the best receiver in this conference. So Tyler Scott, first star of the game. Let's go to number two. Um. Corey Kiner. Corey Kiner last night, 12 carries for 106 yards and a touchdown on the ground. This was a performance we needed to see from him. Great to see him finally have that breakout game. He's adding depth to the running back room. He provided some big plays offensively, 52-yard run, a 19-yard touchdown on fourth and one. So he made two. He had the two biggest runs of the game last night, and this is what you expected from Corey Kiner. This is what you hoped for. Being a Cincinnati recruit and how great he was in high school and all the potential that he you know, was going to bring to the Bearcats. And finally, this surreal dream of him coming home to Cincinnati and playing football for the Cincinnati Bearcats with Evan Prater. We haven't seen them yet on the field together, but now we're starting to see Corey Kiner. Last night, averaging nearly nine yards a carry. That's what you want to see on a team that still goes with a running back by committee approach. But if you have McClellan running the way he's running, he didn't have a particularly great game last night. But if Corey Kiner can run the ball like that, he is gonna that, that is gonna only add to this running back room's depth. All right, and finally, number three, the man who made the big goal line stop at the end of the game last night, Jabari Taylor. Last night, two and a half sacks, three and a half tackles for loss. I mean, you would talk about Ivan Pace Jr. being the best player on the team, but Jabari Taylor, what a performance he had. One of the leaders on this team. You know, he's been here a long time. He's Went up against Tulsa many times. He understands his role on the team. He's got to be that big plug up the middle. Two and a half sacks, three and a half tackles for loss. An incredible, incredible performance by a six-year senior in Jabari Taylor, who when you when he announced he was coming back, that was a huge upgrade to this defense. So the Bearcats win it 31-21 over Tulsa. Four and one now on the season, four straight wins. 1-0 in American Athletic Conference play. Final game of the first half of the season is this Saturday when the Bearcats take on South Florida. That game is a 2.30 kickoff. We are time for a kickoff on ESPN+. Plus. So we'll do our traditional. We'll have the lockdown now up, or the game recap rather, up by 10 o'clock that night. Hopefully talking about another Bearcats win, a 5-1 and one start to the season heading into the bye week before it gets really interesting with that two-game gauntlet at SMU and UCF. On tomorrow's show, we're going to have more on Corey Kiner. We'll talk about the turning points in this game with this phrase, anything you can do, I can do better. Then on Wednesday, I was talking to someone about this, 
because I said last week, Ben Bryant still QB1 regardless, and he didn't have a particularly great game on Saturday. But to all those who criticize Ben Bryant, I've got a message for you that goes back to something I said way back before even spring ball started. On Thursday, slight adjustment to how we do things here. We'll do our film review Thursday because Russ Heltman and I usually rewatch the games. So we'll have our film review takeaways. We'll talk about what Luke Fickle said at his press conference. We'll talk about what um, he said on his radio show Tuesday night. And then we'll also look ahead to South Florida on uh, on Thursday. And then Friday we'll have the game preview show. I'll say this right now. USF should – Bearcats should blow them out, blow them out of the water. It should, it should not be a difficult game. Last year's game was really interesting. I mean, it felt like the quarterback for USF was like Pac-Man. Hopefully we won't see that this year in Cincinnati. Um, don't forget to follow or subscribe to our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel and follow us too to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. You can also follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's, N-N-A-T-I. You can follow me on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore. Email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com. All right, that is going to do it for us today here on Lockdown Bearcats. Don't forget... As we are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. How about for your second listen? Get more on the Big 12 by making that with everyday host Josh Neighbors and the local experts of Lockdown taking you across the conference in 30 minutes. Lockdown Big 12 is your second listen. That's Lockdown Big 12. Kansas, for the first time in school history, hosting college game day next week, they'll take on TCU in a matchup of 2 1 beatens in the Big 12. So, Really, I mean, talk about the the wackiness of this college football season. Georgia almost lost Saturday night. Clemson's been struggling, yet somehow still number five in the country. Alabama, Bryce Young now had to leave the game yesterday with a shoulder injury. Um, Tennessee and Kentucky are really good. Ole Miss is really good. Penn State's really good. They're back up there. So, I mean, buckle up. And for Cincinnati, should be back in the top 25. At the time this was recorded, we didn't know. At the time you're listening to this, hopefully they are. Thanks for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Alex Frank. Have a great rest of your day. Stay safe, stay healthy, and keep making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.